Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, this should be more like it for the Bucks fans. One day after losing Quan Alexander to the 49ers, Adam Humphreys to the Titans, and wide receiver Deshaun Jackson traded to the Eagles, the Bucks were back in the addition business. Tampa Bay agreed to terms with six free agents, including Browns wide receiver Bashad Perriman, place kicker Cairo Santos, and quarterback Ryan Griffin. We'll tell you about what is behind the Bucks' latest moves and the free agent period just beginning today at 4 p.m. So are there any more players that might be headed in or out of town? And a huge trade in the National Football League, Odell Beckham Jr., was dealt to the Cleveland Browns from the Giants. It's one of the main reasons Perriman became available. Is Cleveland Believeland in the NFL, and what are the Giants doing? We've got all that and more, lots of free agent talk on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, are you ready to spend a magical day on Crystal River swimming with the manatees? I'm telling you, you should do this. I have done it. It should be on your bucket list. Seven days a week, you can experience the wonder and charm with Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees in Crystal River. It is the ultimate family bonding experience. Now, you can ask about their $30 manatee bronze tour and be sure to ask about free offer for active law enforcement officers in U.S. military. It requires the purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price, and after that, you're eligible for the free tour. Now, Captain Mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company at Kings Bay and Crystal River. It's absolutely gorgeous up there, pure paradise, 72-degree water all the time. This is the time of year to go, folks. You can ask about their pontoon boat rentals, the kayak rentals, bicycle rentals, and so much more. So book now online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com, or you can call 352-777-1796. Okay, well, busy day for the Bucks, of course, on uh, day one of the legal tampering period where teams can uh, reach agreements, verbal agreements, uh, and, of course, can't sign until 4 o'clock this afternoon. Um, the Bucks lost a lot of good players, and and I know a lot of Bucks fans were sort of griping about that. And they finally got down to business a little bit with some of the money they saved with Deshaun Jackson's trade to Philadelphia, the ten million dollars there. And I don't know how Bucks fans are going to take these moves, but I think a lot of them were were certainly necessary. So let's let's go sort of through the list if we can uh, a little bit here. The first thing they did was sign Cardinals linebacker Dayon Buchanan, and he's a guy that played for Bruce Arians in Arizona, is a linebacker, kind played kind of a, a hybrid position there as a money backer, kind of a, a hybrid linebacker safety spot, if you will, um, but somebody that's going to help them build that linebacking core back up, of course, with Quan Alexander uh, moving on. And you've got, you know, you got guys that, that are hurt. Uh, Levante David is about really, really the only accomplished linebacker coming back. They're also bringing back Kevin Minter, um, another LSU linebacker that was with the team uh, in several different instances a year ago. Then they went out and they signed 49ers, uh, or going to sign 49ers punter Bradley Pinion while cutting their current punter Brian Anger after three seasons. Now, 
anger was due three million dollars in 2019 so this is sort of a i think a financial decision as well as one that will help the bucks special teams because uh in addition to being a pretty good punter pinion who's only 24 is also a kickoff guy he's very good at at kicking off and why why is that important well because the bucks struck a one-year deal to bring back place kicker Cairo Santos. And if you remember, while Santos was pretty accurate uh, as a field goal kicker and uh, extra points, he struggled kicking off. I mean, that that was not his forte. So now you have a guy that can both punt and kick off, and if there's an injury during a game, he certainly could make place kicks as well if you needed him in a pinch. So they're sort of wrapping up their special teams a little bit in that instance. And then, of course, we mentioned Ryan Griffin. You know, the Bucks said they did not want Jameis Winston looking over his shoulder, and certainly he won't be worried about Ryan Griffin, who altogether now has never taken a has never taken a snap in a regular NFC NFL game rather uh, during his six seasons. This will be his seventh year in the NFL. How do I get a job winning. like that? Uh, well, you know what? We we all would like that job, but the problem is. You, you actually have to perform Monday through Saturday in practice and look oh. like an NFL quarterback. Now, that's where I'm missing. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, it would be freaking great. You know, he's made – I, I want to say, like, he's made like $3.5 million in his career. He started in New Orleans, uh, you know, coming out of Tulane as an undrafted free agent. And then, like I said, the last uh, four years with Tampa Bay. Last year, if you remember, they benched Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of the season when they went back to Jameis Winston, and Griffin actually was the number two for the Bucks the final five games. I don't know why the temptation wasn't too great to, at some point, whether it was a blowout or early in a game, not, just run him out there and get that off his resume. You know, like, you can't say that about him anymore. Um, but he will be in the fold, and it it'll, remains to be seen if the Bucks, who will need at least three quarterbacks or four to go to camp, won't now go out and sign a guy who has played. Is there somebody out there that they would bring in to compete with Ryan Griffin for the number two? But I, I've talked to Clyde Christensen and some others who went over every preseason game that Griffin has ever played, also looked at the practice tape from, from a year ago, and they were pretty impressed. I mean, they, you know, they're football guys, and, and who knows when, you know, when the real stuff happens and you're out there, but they really believe that Ryan Griffin has gotten better each year and that he could be a very serviceable number two. And so this being the year of Jameis, you can't have anybody that's going to threaten him, and certainly Ryan Griffin uh, would not do that. One of the deals was related to the Odell Beckham trade, which we'll get into in just a minute, but the Bucks were able to uh, to find a wide receiver in Brashad Perriman. Of course, he was a first-round pick out of the University of Central Florida back in 2015, um, he became sort of the odd man out. I mean, when the Browns made the deal that stunned everybody in the NFL for Odell, it more or less allowed the Bucks to convince Perriman to leave Cleveland and sign a one-year $4 million deal with Tampa Bay. And Bruce Arians has been very successful with some of these faster wide receivers uh, throughout his career, putting them in positions to make plays. And so, you know, you lose Adam Humphreys, you lose Deshaun Jackson – I would say this is sort of a burner, sort of a speed guy, like a Deshaun Jackson, more so than than say Humphreys, um, in terms of you know playing on third down and whatnot. But Perriman seems to be a pretty good pickup, and again, it's it's just it's for a one year deal, but you're adding some depth to the wide receiver position in case you don't have an opportunity or don't don't want to address it, you know, sort of in the uh, draft, and you still have you know you still have Justin Watson as well, so. 
their wide receiver core building back up slowly because let's face it, no matter what you think of Deshaun Jackson or what you think of Adam Humphreys, you still had 117 catches for about 1,500 and something yards and nine touchdowns walk out of here. So the Bucs are going to have had to replace that in some form or fashion. So busy, busy, busy day for Tampa Bay. And uh, we're just at the beginning of it, I think. Um, these are sort of the, you know, not the first day deals necessarily that had crazy money. Uh, the Bucks don't have a lot of money under the salary cap. I think before they made all these deals, they were somewhere around $14 million or so under the cap with the uh, trade of Deshaun Jackson, which is going to be about $10 million. So, you know, there was reason to, to think that they would start to begin to make some moves. And they could, you know, well make a bunch of them at, uh, that could be announced at 4 o'clock today. Um, but we'll just have to see. What, what's your initial impression of any or all of these moves, Steve? The, well, bringing Cairo Santos back, you weren't going to bring him back unless he didn't have to kick off because that was definitely a weakness. So you found a punter. I believe it was a four-year deal with Pinion, correct? That's right. So now you've mm-hmm. got him locked up for a while, a little less money. You bring Santos back. So you've kind of set your your kicking game up, and, and that probably rules out Matt Bryan at this point now, which was I would think always so. a possible mm-hmm. rumor. Although if Cairo Santos doesn't perform, I guess I suppose you could go to Matt Bryant because he's not that good at kickoffs either, and you've got a guy that can do kickoffs. So maybe right. Matt Bryant's your backup plan if, if Cairo Santos doesn't do well and Matt doesn't get signed somewhere else. Uh, I like mm-hmm. the Perryman pickup. Uh, you know, look, you, you've invested a ton in your wide receivers. When, when you pay Mike Evans $20 million, Cameron Brate's getting $7 million. You're going to have to start in, uh, paying O.J. Howard soon and Chris Godwin soon. Um, you know, Adam Humphreys, you would have loved to have kept him. He was just too much money. Deshaun Jackson, we knew that was coming. But I like adding mm-hmm. Perriman to the wide receiver mix. I think that's a, a good pickup for $4 million on a one-year deal. Uh, allows you to put more money elsewhere into your team, which is what you need. Um, Buchanan knows uh, at linebacker and can also play some safety, potentially. He knows Bruce Arians. He knows Todd Bowles. So he should fit right in there. So, I, I mean, I like a lot of the moves. They're, 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 look, they're not winning the offseason with these moves, but they're solid moves that are, that are making their team better than, than what they are. You know, is, is Buchanan better than Quan Alexander? I'm not saying that, but you've lost mm-hmm. Quan. I think Buchanan's a solid pickup there. I think right. Perriman's the, a solid I, pickup at wide receiver to complement Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. If you notice, these, a lot of these are one-year deals, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of like we don't have a ton of money maybe not a ton of conviction either, but prior to the draft, not knowing what positions are going to take. Again, the, the, the sort of the key to free agency is to address every need that you have as if you have to go play a game, whether they're frontline guys or backups or whatnot. If you got to line up, how are you going to line up? Who's your players? If you can do that, then you're not hostage to any position in the draft. Um, although clearly they have bigger needs than others, no matter what they do in free agency. But getting back to Perriman, you know, who's a guy who can really run, I suppose. That's the word on him. Mm-hmm. When you think about Bruce Arians and some of the receivers he's had, uh, guys that might be comparable, um, he's had a lot of success with these type of guys. Emmanuel Sanders, mm-hmm. for example. John Brown, you know, with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Mike Wallace, when he was with Pittsburgh. T.Y. Hilton, uh, when he was with Indianapolis. So, you know, not not saying that, that this guy is, is really going to be a pro bowler or anything, that would be a stretch, but you know it's a pretty good track record, and and I think that there's a chance that Perriman could be a pretty solid receiver. Remember, everything's going to run through Mike Evans, number one, who's a twenty million dollar player, and then number two, Chris Godwin, who should make a big leap between 
you know, his second and third season, you know, and, you know, and then you have a guy like Justin Watson who they're still very high on. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the tight ends that are going to get a lot of action as well. So, you know, you, you bring in one more receiver. It's a, it's a bigger body. It's a guy that can, uh, can really run. So I think that, you know, seems to me like a pretty good pickup. And the other thing I like about it is going into the draft, you don't need to worry about receiver now. Not that's this, right. not this year. It. Maybe next no. year you're going to take one. Yep. But that's a position that you don't need to worry about in the draft right now. That's right. And that's what you want to do. You want to check off as many boxes as you can so that you can just try to take, you know, the best players. And, and let's be honest, I mean, their their biggest needs are still on defense. And that's mm-hmm. it's funny how the draft works out. It's like, hey, we need a defense. And there sure was a lot of good defensive players. Well, there are a lot of good defensive linemen in this draft. Probably the best defensive line draft there's been in almost a decade. So I think that they're in a good position there. Um, you know, at number five, you might be asked to move back. It, you know, you could depending on how far back you go. Um, but you certainly would, you know, expect that. You know, the LSU linebacker. I mean, you know, White is perfect for for this defense. A little bigger body, two hundred forty pounds in a in a three four. Uh, can really run. You know, was like a four four. You know, four four two guy or something. You know, again, who knows if you move back to eight, twelve, wherever, you're still going to have a pretty good shot at him and/or a bunch of defensive linemen in the first round. So, this is all—it all fits together. It's all kind of a puzzle that that you want to address needs in free agency. Um, you know, have a good draft, and then you know, then you kind of adjust from there as far as you know who's going to make your ball club. So, you know, the Bucks were fortunate too because I don't think Perriman. He's probably back with the Cleveland Browns if they don't pull the trigger on this Odell Beckham Jr. trade. I believe he had agreed to a deal already yeah, with Cleveland, and then once they traded for OBJ, they decided to back out. Granted, no deals are signed at this point. It's all just verbal agreements. You can back out, mm-hmm. and I think the team at that point said, that's fine. They probably didn't want to pay him $4 million anyway with the amount of money mm-hmm. they're putting towards OBJ. Right. So what do you think of this trade now? Okay, so they get Odell Beckham Jr., who was, who was stunned by it, and – among other things, got a, I guess, a phone call or text from his former LSU teammate Jarvis Landry, who's a receiver with the Browns, saying, "Man, these guys really want you." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I bet they do." But the Giants give up Odell Beckham Jr. and they get the Browns' first pick in this year in 2019, which is number 17 overall. It's not a very high pick because the Browns, frankly, had a good year. And then they get their second, third round pick. They have a, they have uh, two third round picks this year. This one's. 95th overall, as well as a guy you're familiar with, Steve, safety Jabril Preppers. And all of that going back to the New York Giants now. You know, the New York Giants didn't sign Landon Collins, so now they have their safety back in a young guy like Peppers. Giants fan who I who I know that lives right down the street from me and in, in, uh, my good friend Frank Labar, who we call Frank the Beer Man, um, or now he's Frank the Booze Man because he sells liquor. But he is he is incensed, and I imagine most Giants fans are like that. Like, what is Dave Gettleman doing? Like, literally, did he did he put a sign out in front of the house and say, "All things must go"? This is a garage sale or a fire sale. If this is not telegraphing a rebuild with the New York Giants, nothing will. Well, the back page of the New York Daily News in bold print says, "What?" Exclamation point. <laughs> then it says. Giant ship Odell to Browns for 17th pick and draft, a third rounder, and Jabril Peppers. And then in bold, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get killed. He's going to get killed, and I'm not sure he doesn't deserve it. Um, 
Doesn't seem like a lot. And, you know, for a guy that you just signed to an enormous contract, and I know Gettleman was out there saying, hey, we didn't sign him to trade him. Well, that's that's what you did, essentially. So why did you bother signing him? It seems like you could have gotten more maybe in the past for him. But this is a stunner, and it was a stunner to Beckham. And I think if, if Beckham, you know, didn't have Jarvis Landry there and didn't have his wide receivers coach from LSU there, maybe he would feel – you know, a little different about this this mega deal, if you will. But, you know, I mean, he just signed a five-year, $98.5 million contract uh, with the Giants. All I know is this. Todd Munkin is a really happy guy right now in Cleveland. When you look at their offense, and, of course, you know, Baker Mayfield's got a lot of mouths to feed with respect to that in his second year. You know, Yeah, don't forget sure. they signed Kareem Hunt in the backfield. That's right. To go with Duke That's, Johnson, and you got Jarvis Landry out there. You, I mean, yeah, they're he's got some really weapons. Good. He does, and they they could challenge any team. I think in that division, you know, well, look, we, what are the Steelers going to be without Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell? That's right. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't win big with those guys. What are they going to do without well, them? That's right. I mean, and you got you know Juju Smith Schuster who's saying, "Well, I'm a really yeah. good receiver," but you know what, oh, Juju? Everybody's going to roll coverage to you. Let's see if yeah. you can beat man. You know, man, uh, you know, double coverage on every play. Like, but but like, in that division, Pittsburgh, you don't know what they're going to be. Baltimore still got Lamar Jackson, which I don't think he can throw the ball. It's a wild card. Yeah, I mean, no, he, he can run, but very, but yeah. what are you going to do when you need to throw the ball? Right. And the Bengals are a hot mess as usual. They are. Yeah, it's wide open, and it's there for the taking. If you know, Cleveland suddenly has a really really good team and really good talent, and if you believe in the quarterback, then you got to believe that they're gonna they're gonna make some noise there. So, yeah, it just didn't seem like the Giants got enough back. I mean, look, I know they're, they're clearly moving on. You know, they're clearly willing to take on some hits from fans and everybody to get some draft picks. And, um, you know, Eli Manning's going to be out soon. So they've got to find themselves a quarterback. I don't know how high they're going to draft that guy. It seems to me like you would take them, you know, fairly high in the first round, but maybe not. Maybe they, they – they opt to take a defensive lineman. I mean, well, they need. But offensive now you linemen. could take a quarterback high, and you've got the seventeenth pick to pick up a defensive lineman in a right. deep defensive line draft. That's right. That's right. And it's just a matter of whether you think there'll be a quarterback at seventeen that you're happy with more than you more than you are passing on a really good defensive player. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or vice versa. So now think back a year good. ago, if you're a Giants fan and you were told oh, that man. Odell Beckham Jr. would be off the Giants before Eli Manning. Hmm. Makes no sense, right? You, nobody would have predicted that. And I believe I saw on yeah. ESPN tonight the Browns' odds of winning the Super Bowl went from twenty-five to one to fourteen to one. Damn. You know who I feel sorry for is Saquon Barkley because he's going to be a pincushion this year. They're going to ride him like Secretariat. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable how much of a load he's going to have to take on that offense. With a wobbly quarterback in a guy like Eli Manning, without Odell I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Beckham Jr. at wide receiver. Really, I mean, this is going to be Saquon right, Saquon left, throw the ball Saquon, and let Saquon kick it if you need to. I mean, it's just going to be crazy because they're – Maybe he'll play quarterback. Know, he may have to, you know, <laughs> or maybe they'll draft Kyler Murray and then run the spread option, but it's going to be crazy, you know. It absolutely is going to be nuts there. So I, I, I saw like Jets Cle- fans bragging that for the first time in their life they have the smarter team in New York than the Giants. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The Giants are now second citizen there. Only took one GM. Look, I mean, this thing had to be torn up at some point, right? I think Gettleman is just tearing off the Band-Aid here. You can argue whether he got value for Odell Beckham Jr. It doesn't sound like a lot of it, that's for sure. Well, I have to assume um, he was, he's was he been shopping Odell, and if no one else is going to pay you more than that, then that's what he's worth. I mean, I mean we, we've talked about that with, you know, whether it's Adam Humphreys or whoever else. It's whatever whatever someone's willing to pay you, that's what they're, you're worth. Yeah. I have to assume Gettleman's been shopping OBJ. He didn't just take the Browns' call and said, "Okay, that sounds good." Right, and and I look, he's a dynamic player. I don't think he's as good as Antonio Brown for my money. I mean, he's he's obviously very much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about him, whether it's injuries at times or just you know his general attitude. But you know, I I don't I don't know about Beckham. I don't I don't know that the Giant I don't know that the Giants one day won't be glad they got out from under that enormous contract. That might have been a mistake. He's a guy that's been hurt before. Mm-hmm. He's gonna sulk when he doesn't get the ball. Um I'm sure Eli's not losing any sleep over losing him. Again, all these deals look great on paper and the, and it's great to win the offseason. I think the Cleveland Browns might have just done that. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Giants didn't do the right thing. And in a couple of years, it may bear out that way, mm-hmm. that the Giants got rid of him just in time. Yeah, You just don't know. Well, look, but, they let but, Landon uh, Collins go. Now they've traded OBJ. I mean, this is this is a rebuild. It's tough. And it's, you're signaling a complete yeah. rebuild. And you and need you know a new what? quarterback because your quarterback's past your prime. Right. And if you're going to start with a new quarterback, maybe you should start with, tear up the whole thing. I mean, I think that's – it's going to be hard on that quarterback if he doesn't have much around him other than Saquon um, Barkley. But, yeah, you're right. The Giants sort of second citizen now in their fan base in their city of New York there. It's very interesting. So, you know, the Bucks don't have a ton of money. Like I said, I think they started with about 14 maybe million dollars. Uh, and then that, you know, that's obviously the moves they made today. That will be affected with that. They've still got more to do. I mean, I don't. We haven't even made it to 4 o'clock. There's still a lot of players out there, be it defensive linemen, still a couple safeties. Um, you know, running back is a position that if they wanted to take advantage of, they could. And we know all the needs they have. So I don't think they're done. And I do think, however, they're going to have to find some more money. And, you know, we're, we've been talking about this, and we'll have to wait and see just what is the status of, of some of these players. Are they going to move guys uh, or cut guys like William Golson? what happens to a guy like Mitch on Ryan, you know, or, or is, or is there a big chunk of $13 million that could either be renegotiated or perhaps wiped off the books, depending on what you do with Gerald McCoy. So there's a lot of avenues. The bucks can still go down to improve this football team. I don't think Steve, I mean, you're, you're swapping out, you know, you, you lost three pretty good players. We talked about it yesterday, how, you know, sort of, no matter what you think of Deshaun and, and, and what you think about him, Humphreys, you know, about 117 catches for over 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns walked out of one buck place when those guys moved on. Mm-hmm. So they've got to find a way to replace them. And whether this is the, the formula or not, I'm not sure they got back better players than they lost, 
but all the guys they lost, they were priced very high. They made huge deals, and they were just too rich for the Bucks' blood, especially in the case of Alexander, who is coming off the ACL surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just getting started. I mean, we haven't even hit the full frenzy yet, but there has been quite a bit of activity. And, you know, maybe maybe Bucks fans will calm down, start start to see the plan a little bit, start to take you know have some faith in Arians and sort of what he's doing, and um, you know figure out what they got. All right, Rick, we got a question on Twitter from Les who said, "I read that the Bucks were confident they would get a chance to match any contract offer that Quan Alexander or Adam Humphreys got. Were they, and did they pass, or did the players just decide to sign with new teams?" I don't know that they actually got a, a so called you know whether they shopped their offer back to the Bucks and said, you know, hey, I got this from the Titans or I've got this from the 49ers. I, I think they knew that they had those offers. In fact, I know that they knew Quan Alexander had an offer from the 49ers and perhaps the New York Jets, that Adam Humphreys had an offer from the Jets and, as it turns out, maybe the New England Patriots in Tennessee. I think they speak to parameters. You know, the Bucks made their offers to these guys, made their best, best pitches, and – at some point, you have to put a value on players. At some point, you have to say, Quan Alexander coming off an ACL injury is worth X, and Quan Alexander healthy is worth Y, um, and sort of stick to it. I mean, you know the player better than the team that's going to get him potentially, and you know that's, that's true with Humphreys, which you have to look at not just him individually, but it's an allocation system, and how much are you going to spend on the wide receiver position? I mean, they went from – a guy that's going to make $9 million a year to a guy that's going to make about about $4 million for one year. So right there, there's a bit of a savings. Does that mean that they're better? No, not necessarily. But but that's just, you know, that's sort of the way it goes. I don't know that they went to them and said, I've got X from the Tennessee Titans. Will you match it? I think they caught wind early. In fact, I know they did that, you know, on the first day that teams couldn't could reach agreements. I think the Bucks caught pretty good intel that both Adam Humphreys and Quan Alexander had exceeded what they were willing to pay. And, and they sat back, and, and both guys did, in fact, um, you know, go to other teams. And I imagine that they let the Bucks know early on, hey, you know, you're here, and we've already got offers that are way up here. So that, that pretty much tells you whether or not you're going to get the player. So – Usually, if, if guys want to stay, if they feel like it's a place that they're loyal to or that they'd like to be back, all things being equal, they will sort of tell you what it's going to take to get them back once they get other offers roll in. Um, but generally, teams that are trying to sign free agents don't really like them going back to their old team and saying, well, I got X from so-and-so. If you'll match it, I'll stay here. You know, they don't like to negotiate, um, you know, and lose players off other teams. So I, I just think that, etiquette and you know the loyalty probably would would at least let the agents give the ballpark of how much it takes to sit at their table and I think in each case the Bucks passed well I, and correct me if I'm wrong but if the Bucks wanted to keep both those guys and I believe they mm-hmm. did they probably had already made their offer yes I mean you know okay That's we're willing I mean. to they, offer they you made th- their yeah, value three years mm-hmm. at you know $7 million a year, $21 million, whatever it is, for, let's say, yeah. Adam Humphreys. Right. And as the calls come in from Tennessee or New England or the Jets, and you start going, well, they're offering Eight, four years ten, and, you know, $9 yeah. million a year, it's yeah. not a, you don't even need to go back to the Bucks at that point. Right. They're you know, tapped you're, out. You're not, they're the done. offers aren't comparable. I mean, at, the Bucks would have had to have already presented their at least close to best offer. 
That's correct. And I, and I, I just don't think that it, it got there. I mean, remember, now this whole conversation started a year ago when Humphreys was talking about $8 million a year, and they thought that was ridiculous for a slot receiver. And if you recall, he was their number four receiver at the start of the season. His first four weeks, he barely caught anything because he was behind Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And then, you know, sort of as Deshaun Jackson started to become phased out, Humphreys stepped in and, again, he had a career year with the 76 catches. So, you know, you're happy for a guy like Adam. I talked to a Tennessee radio station today, and they're like, what's, you know, what's his deal? Is, you know, how much do you think he'll help out Mariota? And I, I think he'll really help Marcus Mariota because, you know, he's one of those little bodies inside. You don't have to throw the ball very far. He's reliable. You know where he's going to be. You can dump it down to him and move the chains, and that's sort of what Mariota's game has been. So, you know, John Robinson, who was here when the Bucks saw him come in as in a rookie tryout deal, never forgot about Adam Humphreys and how, how hard he worked to make himself a good NFL player. So, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of happy for those guys. You, you know, you're sad for yourself because you, you discovered them at a rookie tryout camp. But there are other receivers that you could sign. And I think in this case, you know, with, with Perriman coming in, that, that pretty much is, um, is sort of a veteran for a veteran, if you will. Okay, so switching gears, Steve, the Lightning are in Detroit. Uh, they will play there Thursday, so they're off tonight. Again, it's ridiculous sort of how they're mounting up these records and clinching things. Uh, where do they stand now with respect to home ice advantage and that sort of thing? Well, Boston lost to Columbus 7-4 to on Tuesday night, so Tampa Bay's magic number now to clinch the Eastern Conference and home ice through the first three rounds of the playoffs would be eight. So mm. basically four wins of the next 12 games, and they've right. clinched home ice in the Eastern Conference, no matter what Boston does, if they win out. Uh, it's nine points to clinch the President's Trophy as the Sharks have now overtaken Boston as with the opportunity to score the most uh, or achieve the most points on the season. Uh, so they can get to one. They have 94 points. Boston's at 93. So, uh, they, so nine points. So four wins and an overtime loss, and you've uh, clinched the President's Trophy. I would say they're going to win that, and I hope it's not jinxed <laughs> because a lot of teams, a lot of teams that win the President's Trophy do not, do not win the Stanley Cup, and and sometimes worse. But that's um, true. But most teams that win the President's Trophy don't dominate the way this team has. So yeah, they don't lap the field the way this team has. I mean, it's just crazy. And then I found out I was reading some story. Um, it might have been Joe Smith at the Atlantic. I'm trying to remember who it was, my former colleague, but uh, he wrote that. Uh, that the Lightning are big into quoting lines from the Wedding Crashers. And I thought, could I possibly love a team more than I do right now? And I'm not even a fan, but I'm like, man, play like a champ. You know, I, mean, I just started throwing them out there. It was just like, these guys are great. You know, this is perfect. So if you're into the Wedding Crashers, you can speak about the Lightning that way. Um, you better lock it up. So that's interesting. So we got we got the Lightning playing uh, at Detroit here in a, in a couple nights, and then of course the Capitals come to town on Saturday night. As we uh, about. listen, I'm I'm already have already begun the process. If you're out there, Tampa Bay Lightning, of trying to secure tickets for that one. That's going to be a so hot. So if you want to keep Rick weekend. out of the building, do not let him get tickets. <laughs> right, but but that's don't you think like if you think about sports events, right? Like this is not a playoff. Okay, this is mm-hmm. not a playoff. You know, what reminds me of a little bit. And, I, and again, you know, apples to oranges here with the NFL and NHL. But if you remember back in the 1999 season, the Bucks with Tony Dungy went to the NFC Championship game against the St. Louis Rams in St. Louis. 
they had them in that game. I think they were winning, what was it, uh, six to five. Yes, that's the baseball score. They were winning six to five, and the Rams end up scoring a touchdown with four minutes and 44 seconds to go, and they win the game. Okay, so it was a, it was a dramatic game, the Bert Emanuel catch, all of that. Rams go on to win the Super Bowl. The next year, for whatever reason, uh, these two teams were playing again, only it was in Tampa, and they scheduled it on a Monday night. It was Monday night football in Tampa. Kurt Warner, you know, Marshall Falk, that great team that had won the Super Bowl, and the Bucks sitting there just four minutes away from going themselves, get them in a rematch on Monday night. And I'm telling you, that was an event, right? Like, the stadium was sold out because they were good, but it felt like a playoff game, and it was weird because whereas the the game they had played in the NFC Championship was so low scoring, it was ridiculous. This game was like 35-32. You know, it was just up and down, even though the Bucks had a great defense, and there was one play where I think, uh, you know, work done fumbled, and Sean King picked it up and ran for first down or vice versa. So it was crazy. And what this reminds me of is that, you know, there's there's a bit of a revenge, right, in the air because – of course, Washington won game six and seven last year and then went on to win the Stanley Cup, and this is the first time they've seen them. And i got to believe those fans are going to be amped up to beat, you know, Alexander Ovechkin and, and those guys and at least, at the very least, score a goal, which is something they didn't do in game six and seven. So I'm, I'm a little leery about going at all, but uh, I think that's going to be a hot ticket, you know? It should be. be. Cool. And, and, look, the crowd has been waiting for the playoffs to begin for – couple months Forever. now i mean you know yeah. they're, they're 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 it's a good crowd they're excited but you can kind of feel that it's especially when you get some of the teams in like detroit who's out of the playoffs and ottawa and some of those games you can really kind of feel the crowds happy to be there excited to see lightning play well energy is not quite what it should be it's yeah. waiting for the playoffs and and mm-hmm. maybe you know washington comes to town twice in the last four there's four home games left most of the games for the rest of the season are on the road eight the other eight four home right. games left two of them against washington i think those are going to be exciting games and a you know potential Eastern Conference final matchup as Washington is leading the Atlantic uh, the Metropolitan Division now. Yeah, no, and, and so they play Washington a number of times before this season is over. They're down to twelve games. Those are all going to be big and psychologically. Look, I I think it matters when you when you go up against your nemesis, when you go up against the Stanley Cup champions. You're going to give them your best shot, and if you're able to impose your will a little bit or figure something out, even if you don't win, um, that can help you you know down the road. In the Eastern Conference Final, if that's where you see them or wherever they might pop up, then that's why these games are important. So uh, it'll be uh, most teams measure themselves to the Lightning. I, I don't care what their record is. I think the Lightning is is going to measure themselves to the, to the Washington Capitals because um, you know they're the guy, they got the cup. So as Ric Flair says, to be the man, you got to beat the man. You got to beat the man. Woo! <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Anyway, uh, busy week coming up, of course. Big day, big, big day today uh, at 4 o'clock, the Adam Schefter free agency palooza where he just starts reeling off 45 minutes of deals, although there's been a ton of them already and big ones. Obviously, the trade of Odell Beckham is a, is the biggest thing that has happened this offseason. But there will be more, always more, and I think the Bucks will be able to, to be in position to take advantage of some of those guys that uh, might still be out there as the numbers start to come down once you get past this day. There's been some ridiculous contracts thrown out there in these first two days, and I think, you know, once you get past 4 o'clock and so on and get to the next day, things start to, you know, 
take on a, a feeling of sanity at least. So that'll be something to watch for sure. Oh, some good race uh, news, by the way. Brent Honeywell and Jose De Leon threw to live batters for the first time since they're undergoing Tommy John surgery last season. Hmm. So they're making their way back. Kyle Snyder saying he honestly thought both of them were ahead of the game. Uh, their rehab scheduled to end kind of near the end of May if everything goes smooth and according to plan. So they could be, you know, back pitching and, you know, probably in the minors at first in June, you know, maybe early July and hopefully up to the big club by, you know, maybe July or August. I hope we get to see him, you know, because I think Honeywell, you know, needs some confidence. <laughs> that guy. I'm telling you, he's going to be the most entertaining pitcher in baseball. I don't know if he's going to win squad douche, especially coming off Tommy John, but this guy is so confident. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, it would be fun to watch. And so that's yeah. good news for the Rays. Yeah, and Mark um, Topkin also sure. saying that uh, the Rays are one of the teams to remain in regular contact with Craig Kimbrell's agent. So, And he's still unsigned. So, Even though it seems like it's a long shot if you read between the lines of what Mark has said. If, if, if a team's like... willing to offer him a three-year deal, I, uh, it's definitely a long shot. Yeah. If, a one if, year... if he can't get more than a two-year deal from anyone, then maybe the Rays have a shot. Because they, they, right. they presumably have some money to spend. But I don't think they're yeah. going to engage in a three-year deal. Maybe they do a two-year deal. I, mm-hmm. I can't see the Rays signing a three-year deal. Right. But, but I still think they're going to make some moves. I, I, I don't think their roster is set. In fact, even once the season started, they've proven that they'd like to tweak it. So there's still some pretty good baseball players out there. There's no question about that. So lots to talk about uh, the rest of the week. And, of course, free agency will dominate what happens uh, tomorrow and going forward to see if the Bucks make any moves both with their roster and acquiring other players. So, folks, one more time, uh, if you're looking for something uh, to do with the family, a bonding experience, something nearby, kind of a day trip, if you will, head on up to Crystal River and see our friends, uh, Captain Mike, swimming with the manatees. It is the uh, number one customized manatee tour company in Kings Bay and Crystal River, um, and it's just absolutely beautiful up there, especially this time of year. You need to get uh, pontoon boat rentals or kayak rentals or bicycle rentals. They got all of it there and more. So book online now at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-777-1796. I promise you, you are not, you are not going to regret it. It is, it is the coolest thing to swim with these creatures. So first, Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. We will talk to you tomorrow. More free agency on Sports Day Tampa Bay. 